the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And one of the things Aubrey and I talk a lot about here on the show is uh, pastors. And what are the traits of a pastor? What is going wrong in the pulpit right now where we see a lot of pastors falling? And so we saw this book, Aubrey, called Bully Pulpit, where we got to have that author on. And with that in mind, we're excited to be joined by that author, Dr. Michael Kruger, President uh, and Samuel Patterson, Professor of New Testament and Early Christianity at Reformed Theological Seminary. Michael, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks. I look forward to this conversation. It's absolutely our pleasure. So again, the name of the book is Bully Pulpit, Confronting the Problem of Spiritual Abuse in the Church. Let's ask the really kind of high-level high question. Why did you write this book? Why did you decide to write Bully Pulpit? Yeah, well, for those who may know a little bit about my other writings, it's not my normal area. I'm more in the area of New Testament canon and mm. early Christianity, but I'm also a seminary president. And so we think a lot about leadership here and uh, look how to train good leaders. And over the last five years, I've grown more and more concerned about the kind of things we're seeing out there in uh, American evangelicalism, particularly leaders that are leading in harsh, heavy-handed ways, mm-hmm. which we call spiritual abuse. And, you know, I'm wanting to provide a resource for churches to mm. think more carefully about the type of leaders we're producing. And I, you know, this also feels like maybe an obvious question, but mm-hmm. I think it's worth asking because for a long time in the evangelical church, especially, we didn't necessarily even recognize that this was a problem. Mm-hmm. Or if we did, no. we sort of questioned ourselves about us. Go ahead. No, that's exactly right. This is rather a new awareness that's that the church is awakening to, which I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make the point in my book, of course, that the problem of spiritual abuse itself is not new. In fact, uh, arguably since the dawn of time, you know, human beings have lorded it over other human beings in harsh, heavy-handed ways. But we certainly know that the Bible makes it clear that pastors should not behave this way. But we are seeing more and more cases where they are, and it seems in some sense they're even celebrated mm-hmm. uh, and defended. And I think, you know, it's one thing to have the occasional instance where this happens. It's another thing to feel like there's something in the water that's um, maybe allowing it to happen and even promulgating it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to jump off there, Michael. Uh, what is it that's in the water? Because, uh, you know, we listen to Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. We've all read the stories out here of Harvest and Willow right. and all these other things. What is it in kind of the evangelical water, as you said, that does seem to be increasingly creating these sort of pastors and these sort of problems? Yeah, this is this is the trick, right? How do, how do we explain how we got here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is whether, you know, we, we're seeing an increase in spiritual abuse or whether just seeing an increase of awareness of spiritual mm-hmm. abuse. And we don't necessarily know, but I do think we can point to some things that may be uh, behind it. One, one thing I, I repeatedly go back to is the way modern churches often, not always, but often prioritize 
a giftedness over character. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a sense in which they want a pastor that's dynamic and powerful and a strong leader who can kind of get things done. And there's certain things about that that we understand, but that is taken such a priority that character has taken a back seat. But when you look at the biblical teachings about who should be a pastor, it's actually reversed. Character is the number one characteristic, mm. and giftedness is, is, is second place. And I think we need to recover that balance. Yeah, that's actually, I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit more from your New Testament kind of scholarship. You know, if we have been looking at these charismatic guys technically and raising them up, but we've missed out on the integrity, are we missing out on what Jesus himself thought church leaders should be? Yeah, absolutely. So we have another a number of passages in the Bible that talk about leadership. Uh, one obvious one is the, the the requirement for pastors in First Timothy three. And what's interesting there, there's about twelve characteristics, eleven of which are character issues, and only one is about giftedness, wow. namely the ability to teach, wow. which is a, a really scary ratio, twelve to one. <laughs> and then Jesus, of course, is always shaping his disciples on how to be leaders. And one notable story is when the disciples want to basically have positions of power at Jesus's right and left hand. And he says, no, that's not, that's not how we lead. That's how, that's how non-Christians think. They want to lord it over, but rather I'm calling you to be a servant uh, and someone who's humble uh, and, and, and looking for ways to lower themselves, not raise themselves. And I think that mentality of what a leader should be, a servant rather than someone in, in, in a position of power, needs to be something we should reconsider. Mm. And Michael, uh, $64,000 question, how do you know? You're yeah, in a church right yeah. now, and you're like, man, I'm uncomfortable. Let's take the pastor. I'm uncomfortable with my pastor. So let's go two-part question. How do you know, and what do you do when you when you think, no, that's a spiritually mm-hmm. abusive person? Yes. Well, you know, I encourage people to be very careful. We don't want to be lobbying out accus- accusations just because we, you know, feel a certain way or don't like a certain thing. And I go at length in my book trying to help people understand that there's a number of behaviors that can be problematic but still not spiritual abuse. And I think we need to recognize that. Mm. At the same time, there are telltale signs. And one of the telltale signs that I think is an indicator of a problem is when a pastor has a long track record of broken relationships in his wake, mm. what, what, what people call a, a, a relational debris field. And we're not talking about the occasional moment of conflict, because everybody in ministry has conflict at various points. We're talking about a deep, long, tragic uh, sort of trail of bodies behind a particular ministry or a particular leader. Mm. And these are usually unreconciled, unsolved, unaddressed uh, estrangements. And that is at least a very big red flag. And if you see that in a minister's life or in a church even, even if it's not related to one person, but a church that leaves this trail of debris, I think someone has to be really concerned about whether there's spiritual abuse going on. And, you know, Michael, I, this is probably a hard question to answer in just a few minutes on the radio, but what are some steps of healing and change that we can begin to take? Yeah, this is really hard. I mean, you know, one of the questions that was asked also a moment ago is, what do you do if you think you're in a situation yeah, where there's spiritual yeah. abuse? I mean, the, 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 the first thing is you just you need to, you know, go to the proper uh, channels and speak up about it and make your concerns heard. Yeah. Now, I realize that the whole reason I wrote the book is because many people have done that and they've had their sort of lives destroyed yeah. uh, by various ministries. And so I understand for those who are listening that speaking up, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage because mm. you, you are risking a lot to speak up. Um, but I would encourage you to do it properly and carefully, humbly in the right channels. Um, and then those who've already been through spiritual abuse, healing can be really hard. 
um, I track in the book all the damage that this can do. And I want people to, who are listening to know if you've been through that, 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 you know, we want to show compassion and sympathy to people who've been through that, but there are ways to heal. It may be time to find obviously a new church that, that, that really leads gently and carefully and, 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 uh, looks after the sheep. I would encourage people not to 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 blame the church in such a way that you give up on the church, mm-hmm. which I know is tempting to do. Yeah. Um, the church has has significant uh, you know difficulties and flaws, but but we know that Christ will will build her and sustain her until the end. And so it's tough, but it may require a fresh start and some and some hope and optimism that that there's good churches out there that are are, are places to heal. Yeah. Let me end us with that exact thing you just said. I'd love for you to unpack that more. We often ask people like yourself or other pastors, are you hopeful for the future of the church? And sometimes reading these stories after stories, you go, I don't know, maybe the whole church needs to go away and, and needs to be scrapped <laughs> down to the down to the uh, foundation or whatever else it be. Looking ahead, are you hopeful for the church, specifically here in America going forward? I am hopeful. Uh, you know, on a broad theological level, uh, as I mentioned, you know, Christ promises us his church is going to sustain. It will not fail. And so we can take hope in that. But I'm also hopeful by what I see. You know, it was hard writing a book like this because no one likes to write a book about bad leaders. Let's just put right, it out there. Right? Right. Yep. I said in the introduction, I don't like writing this book. I don't want to write this book. But And I also make the point in the book that most pastors, the vast, vast majority of pastors are godly, wonderful people yeah. who yeah. love their flocks. Yeah. And I just think that needs to be said. And as a seminary president, I, I, I'm seeing these leaders. And so I think People should be hopeful. There's reasons to be optimistic. But at the same time, like anything, you have to be honest about the places we need to grow and change. Absolutely. And I think the reason we can have hope if, is if we admit that we have to grow and change and look for ways to do it. The book is called Bully Pulpit, Confronting the Problem of Spiritual Abuse in the Church. The author is Dr. Michael Kruger. Go pick up that book wherever it is you get your books. I'd also point you to his website, michaeljkruger.com. That's Michael jkruger.com. Michael, this is wonderful. The book looks super important and great. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Enjoyed it very much. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.